Make it simple. Make it memorable. Make it inviting to look at. And make it fun to read. The Immortal Copywriting Advice from Leo Burnett. The founder of the Leo Burnett Company and creator of iconic advertising ideas like The Marlboro Man. Now, you might not consider yourself a copywriter, but if you're the founder of a startup, that's just one of the many hats you're going to have to wear. Welcome to the Fractal Podcast. My name is Jared Doyle, and I interview marketing experts from around the world to help you become a better marketer for your startup. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. And this week, we're going to be entirely focused around copywriting and helping you become a better copywriter, whether you want to or not, you need to be as a founder of a startup. And this week, we are joined by Murray Barnett, who is the creative writer from thecreativewriter.com.au. Murray, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Jared. Uh, Pleasure to be here with you, mate. It's a fun topic for me because it's an art form that I don't think you ever become perfect at. But it's something that everyone who runs a company or owns a company, ultimately, they kind of have to have that copywriter hat on every now and then, like whether they want to or not, they have to be a good copywriter. So I'm excited to extract some of your wisdom and hopefully impart that onto the listeners so they become better copywriters and ultimately run better businesses. So this should be fun. Well, I'm absolutely all about trying to help people with running their businesses. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's go forward. Fantastic. So I guess to get started and to set the frame, really talking to business owners and founders, I really want to get a sense of what the biggest difference is between, say, a founder doing their own copywriting or maybe, you know, outsourcing and hiring a copywriter, what a big company might be able to do and hire a professional like yourself. What, what, do, you, what do you see as being the biggest differences in the way that that's not only conducted, but also the advantages and disadvantages each of the different options have? Right. Well, I, I would say that the the biggest difference, of course, would be income or the amount of money that you can um, put towards the, the copywriting that you need to do. Of course, if you're a startup, um, you may not have a very big budget, so you'd be looking at, at doing more of it yourself or even all of it yourself, whereas a big business would be um, yes. potentially hiring a, a big copywriting firm, which could charge hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for, for marketing campaigns. So. I, I think the biggest difference is income and the ramifications that come from that. Uh, but that being said, I think that I can give some help to startup people with little or no income to spend on copywriters and, and give them some ideas so that the content that they come up with is going to be at least effective. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I guess that the, the scary thing for a fan of a startup who, as you rightly point out, has a lot less money is that fear that they just can't compete when it comes to great copy that they can't compete? Is there is there an area where the owner or the founder of a company possibly can compete in copy with a seasoned professional? Is there an, any kind of area where they, they have got a competitive advantage or is it really a case of actually the experts tend to win through when it comes to copywriting? Well, of course, just because you pay someone a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get results. But I, I think one of the best things that I can say to a founder with uh, little or no income to spend on copywriting is to talk about exactly what the relationship is between the writing that the reader is seeing and the reader. If you look at going back to English in primary school, for example, you, you think of traditional rules of, of how text works and one of the basic traditional rules is communication involving text requires a writer and a reader. Okay, so when you're communicating, you're either using speech or you're using text. So when it's text, 
you've got writer and reader. If you've got uh, vocal, you've got listener and speaker. Everybody basically understands that. The other important rule that you learn in, in primary school is that the writer is the active role because they're creating the language and the reader is the passive role because they've got to understand the language. All right, so they're the traditional rules. Sure. But in the digital okay. world, that all gets turned on its head because in the digital world, people who view text online, they're not readers, they're users. And when you're an online user, rather than being the passive role of just understanding language, you actually have an active role rather than a passive role. So if a startup founder can get their head around how these traditional rules are turned on their head and follow some basic points that I'm going to outline shortly, that's a very, very good way to get started when it comes to writing content that you need to write. Right. And, and when you say all of a sudden now the, the, the reader is active, is that because a lot of this content is in formats where it's social media and they're able to comment and, and it becomes a communication rather than a one directional piece of information? Or is it something different I've not picked up there? Well, that can be part of it. But when I say active role, when they're being users, they're searching for content. They're clicking through on content. They're scrolling on the content. They're accessing it in certain mediums that they like to access it in. So rather than just being in a passive role when you're receiving information, you are a user who has an active role in in, if you like, actively seeking out what it is that you want to find. So you are searching. That's an active role. You're clicking through on links. You're, 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 you're a user with an active role. You're scrolling up and down and deciding what you want to read. You're accessing information that you are looking for in the way that you want to do it. So this is all an active role. If, you, if you're reading like a brochure right. or, or a poem or a magazine article, you read it from start to finish. That's the general way that we're taught to read. Whereas people, for example, on a website jump here and there, they scan, they skim, they jump from point to point, and they can quickly turn away from something if they don't like it. Whereas if you're looking at a book, you'd probably read at least a few pages, sentence after sentence, before you decide whether you want to stop reading or not, potentially. Whereas on a website, for example, you, you might, people say the average amount of time is three seconds that, that people use to decide whether they want to stay there or not. So very, very active role with, with, uh, not, not the, with them being a user rather than a reader. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I, I must, I must admit, I hadn't, didn't occur to me like that. And then I think about myself today. I was trying to work out what the standard image size or video size is for a LinkedIn video. And of course, I searched for it. I found a page. I didn't read all the stuff at the top. I skimmed right down, got the information needed out of the middle of that page, grabbed it, and kind of left. And I guess that's what you mean by active. It's not just me reading top to bottom in the, you know, the way that the English language has always been, you know, left to right, top to bottom. It's, it's a much more, and, and again, it's also me with my thumbs and I'm moving through the pages and I'm cutting and I'm pasting. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Skimming and scanning uh, techniques that you use. Right. So, I guess I guess for the person who's close, like the, the founder of a company who's close to their product, the advantage is that idea that they kind of understand the use case, understand why someone might be searching for that the content they provide or answers within that content, how to provide that in a contextual sense, rather than, for example, a copywriter who might be given a brief and they're writing it out of context. And so that's possibly, the context is probably one of the biggest advantages that someone who's doing their own copywriting, because they have to, as you pointed out, 
has a slight advantage. But yeah, I think like all professions, you know, you, you like to think, you know, the professionals are going to stand head and shoulders in most cases of the rest. So it makes sense. Yeah, you're passionate about your topic and that can come through in your writing. And then you would be able to give an authentic message because it's coming directly from you about your product or service. But the, the, the number one thing that I wanted to get across is if you come at, it, come at it from the perspective of what you might call traditional rules of writing, then you're going to fail. The only way that you can succeed as a founder in writing your own content is to get your head around the idea that the traditional do- rules no longer apply and that you've got digital world rules rather than the traditional rules you learned in primary school. And if you can get your head around that, then you have every chance of being successful with your content, whereas if you don't get your head around that, you have no chance. That's fantastic. Well, let's explore that a little bit more. I mean, can, can you break down what some of these new digital rules are that you've alluded to? The first one I'd say is that content in the digital world is, is searchable. So every word that you write has to have an SEO strategy and, and you can learn about basic SEO strategies. You don't need to have, run an SEO company to get um, basic idea. If you, you know, uh, if you have a word, WordPress site, which, which um, a lot of people currently have, WordPress, for example, is you can look at tutorials and look at ways of incorporating SEO into that. Uh, you can do uh, long tail keyword searches with Google and incorporate that but you have to make sure that you do it seamlessly and not so that it stands out so that everybody can see that it's that's uh, looking a bit funny. You've got to sort of seamlessly incorporate that into the text and so you get a higher ranking. So it, it does need to be searchable so that when people want to find you, they can find you. So the next one is clickable. So you, you need to have links, external links, internal links. It needs to be scrollable. So you use things like headings, subheadings, what else, indents. You can use uh, bullet points, bold print, italics, things that distinguish the text. So you can sort of scan over it more easily. I think that's a big one. That's, that's, that feels like a big one for me. I do spend a lot of time trying to flip through to the answer and then I'll read that section. So, okay, yeah, good advice. And the last one is it needs to be accessible, which means you need to put it on platforms that your ideal prospect or ideal client is going to. There's no point in putting a whole heap of stuff on Facebook if your ideal customer or client is not going to Facebook. Then, then it's a waste of time and money. So you need to find the platforms or the mediums which they're using and then put content where they can find it on those mediums. Fantastic. And then, of course, I guess the medium then dictates the, the length of that content and, the, and the, the tone of that content as well, you know. Well, of course, there, there, are, there, are, there are rules about that, of course. But um, the tone should be suitable to the client that you're, that you're writing to. Another key tip is... Never, 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 never write to everybody at the same time because if you try to write to everybody, you end up writing to no one. So it needs to be uh, personable. It needs to be intimate, talking to. uh, Picture the one ideal prospect or client in your head and write to that person directly. And then um, you have a a good chance of of building a rapport and making a connection that's actually going to bond them to you. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's sound advice because it's true across all marketing. Um, You know, often marketing strategies start with the creation of a a persona that you want to market to. And you give that persona a name and that way you're able to, you know, talk to that individual person because at the end of the day, we're human beings, right? So we converse with people, not stats, not large groups. And, um, I, I often I often present personas as part of a marketing strategy, and the most common 
pushback I get is that, you know, we're not all, you know, every person's different. You can't sort of lump everyone into one persona. And the way I think about that now is I say, well, I think about all the great love songs that have been written and great love songs weren't written to a broad mass of people. They were written for one person. It's just that the broad mass of people pull something out of that story and it works because it was written for one person, not because it was written for 400 people. Right, right, right. I mean, maybe that's over glorifying what we're calling copywriting, but it is. It's, a, it's you know, writing love songs, writing copy. It's the same thing. You write to a person and the emotion's going to stream. So I think that's that's fantastic advice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intimate, intimate and personal means that the person on the other end that's reading it feels that that you're you're speaking just directly to them you're having a conversation they're getting to know you then they like you then they trust you so if you go with the intimate and personal then you're more likely to get ongoing clients that are you know going to buy from you perhaps for a long period of time and also maybe give you referrals in the process. But let me just go back to this, uh, the scrollable point that I was saying before I, I think a very very important phrase is, visual intimidation if it's visually intimidating people are going to switch off so if you've got ways to sort of not have big bunches of text that's going to be intimidating and sort of make it more short paragraphs with two to three lines or dot points or bold or italics then it's not visually intimidating and then people are going to respond better so you want to avoid being visually intimidated and i think that's a very important concept to get across I love that. I've never thought of describing it that way, but it's so true. You know, if you if you look at a big block of angry text staring at you, you just think, oh, that's, you know, that's going to be hard work. And especially if you're on a mobile phone or tablet. If you're on a computer, you can probably get away with a little bit more of blocks of text. But if you're on a mobile device these days, people don't want to try to digest or go through big, uh, long blocks of text. So if you think it's visually intimidating on a, on a computer screen, it's even more visually intimidating on mobile devices. And people are using mobile devices more and more, which means that you've got to be more careful about this scrollable concept, which I call it scrollable concept, using subheadings, indents, short paragraphs and so on so that it's not visually intimidating. Fantastic. I love it. Great advice. So, Murray, I'm keen to find out, in your world of copywriting, what's hot right now? What are, what are copywriters talking about and what are they focusing their, their attention on? Okay, that's a good question. In the last few years, the concept of what we call inbound marketing has become more and more to the fore. So yes. for the people that have never heard... After inventing that term. <laughs> yes, yes, they have. And then a lot of other people have sort of uh, gotten onto the bandwagon. It's become a very mainstream term now, but you're right, HubSpot was the one that sort of initiated it. But for people who have never heard of inbound marketing before, what exactly is it? Essentially, modern consumers are a lot more discriminating when it comes to what they think about when they're going through the process, the buyer's journey of, 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 of thinking about purchasing. And inbound marketing means they have control over the information that they're trying to get so that they can make an informed choice. So the, the savvy modern consumer doesn't want to be advertised that. They want to find information so that they can make a choice based on their own opinion, and that's what inbound marketing is. So if you look at traditional TV advertising, that's outbound marketing. So that is interruption-based. They interrupt your life. It's unsolicited. But, of course, uh, McDonald's or Nike or some of these big companies, they can get away with that because they've got a brand. So... Uh, people don't feel very in, uh, interrupted too much, perhaps, because 
it's a familiar brand and it's a popular brand and that, that's fine. But for a lot of other businesses, people are sick of being advertised at and they'd rather go and find their own information. So inbound marketing is more your blogs and blogs is, is probably the number one way of, of going with uh, inbound marketing. And you're looking at trying to earn people's interest rather than trying to buy it. So the big new hot thing right now is inbound marketing. People are getting sick of what is generally called direct response marketing or direct response copywriting because people often in, in trying to make something really, really have an X factor, it becomes a bit outlandish or it becomes a bit too full on. Buy this weight pill and drop 15 kilograms in two days or less. You know, it sounds like you're, you're a shonky used car salesman and people are sick of that kind of really, really full on direct response marketing. Now, I'm not saying that there's no place for that. I think that you've got to find your sweet spot. And I would argue that you do need elements of direct response marketing in copywriting, but not necessarily the full on type that was popular, say, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, fantastic advice. I'm, I'm curious just to... I guess, change tact a little bit here and and speak for myself, which is I often find I get, well, I guess what's termed as writer's block, and it's probably the thing that you hear is the biggest hurdle that most writers need to get over. Is that um, I'm not, you know, maybe you, you occasionally run into writer's block? Do you have any tips or techniques or tricks that people can use that kind of might help them get over the idea of just staring at a blank page and not knowing what to do next? Um, writer's block is uh, everybody... Uh, gets it from time to time. I don't care who says that they don't. If they say that they don't, they're lying. Every writer faces writer's block from time to time to a greater or lesser extent. I think the best thing that I can say to you is if you have writer's block and you're a founder and you're trying to write about something to do with business, perhaps you could start off by writing just about something that you're interested in. So if you're interested in sport or if you're interested in shopping or whatever it is that you're interested in, try writing a few lines about why you're interested in that and you you start to feel passion and you start to feel a flow of of because it's something that you're interested in and because it's, it's lighthearted and because it's not to do with business, the stress would potentially be less. Then once you get into that kind of flow and that kind of environment, if you like, a self-imposed environment, then you could maybe transfer over to the business side. And because you're already in sort of a flowing, comfortable environment, that will put you in a better position to start writing about your business. So maybe you could spend 5, 10, 15 minutes writing about something that's a hobby, no stress, no drama, just something that you, you think is fun to you and write down a few lines of why you're passionate about it. And then actually you can try to transfer those same thoughts about why you're passionate about business. And that's why I'm suggesting a hobby because you're passionate about the hobby. You want to be passionate about your business. You want to show that you're passionate about your business because if you believe in your product or service, then other people will as well. And so if you can transfer some of that passion from your hobby to your business, that's a good thing. And you're already in a good mind frame because you've already started writing and you're already into a flow. And if you can sort of flow on from that into your business, that would be a good technique that I would suggest. I really like that advice. And I want to apply that myself now instead of when I think I'm pausing is get the momentum up, write about something else, yeah. something unrelated, get the momentum going with your brain, the keyboard, everything starts to flow and then switch back into business mode and, and see if it continues. Fantastic tip. It's like, it's like starting to exercise without, without stretching. 
So if you think about, if you start, just start running cold, it, it's, it's difficult to get moving. But if you do some stretching beforehand, that's, that's the way to make the exercise more effective. And I think that's a good analogy there. I like that one. That's fantastic. So let's say I do that. I'm still struggling or I'm not really happy with my copywriting. And I say to myself, do you know what I need to do? I need to hire a copywriter. I need to find somebody who can help me to do this, do it a bit better. And maybe it's not where my passion lies. Do you have any tips for people out there who are looking to hire a copywriter? Now it could be on one of these, it could be on a freelancer.com or it could be meeting a person to employ in their company. But I always find if you're in an industry, you've probably got some secret questions that you know, if you could ask that the person's on the right track. So I'm wondering if you can share some advice around hiring a great copywriter. Well, of course, copywriting is probably the biggest disparity in, in rates that you can possibly imagine for any industry in the world because low-end people who are often high school or university students might charge you $20 an hour. And then there's um, highfalutin copywriters that are world famous that might charge you hundreds of thousands of dollars for a campaign. So I can't think of any industry where the difference between high and low is more profound. But maybe, maybe fashion. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I think that while price is, is an important question, of course, you have to keep within your budget. The questions that I would be asking apart from that, and of course, you're, you're, you're bound by the, the budget that you have to some degree, but the questions that I would ask are, one, what is inbound marketing? If the person responding can't give you a satisfactory answer, I'd steer clear of them because that's the sort of the hot area right now. That's the area that the savvy consumer is sort of, that's the way that they're thinking. And if they don't know about inbound marketing, I would give them a miss. The second question that I would ask them is this. Traditionally, communication involving text requires a reader and a writer. Does this relationship change when the text is online? If they hum and ha and don't know the answer, give them a wide berth. If they say yes, the reader is now a user and their role is active rather than passive. That's a big tick mark. And the last thing that I would say is, do you have any reviews that I can read? So they might say, yes, it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or Google, wherever it is. And one of the things that people often don't think about, which I think is very important, you could, you could hire um, Dan Kennedy or Gary Halbard or any of these other world famous copywriters but if they don't finish on time, if they don't finish within the time parameters you need, they could be the world's greatest copywriter with the world's best results, but that won't mean anything if it doesn't fit within the time parameters you have. One of the interesting things is people don't write good reviews for people who don't finish on time. So even if the review doesn't specifically mention finishing on time, they won't get a good one if they don't finish on time. So if you read reviews and they're all essentially good, Something like finishing on time, you, you'd, you'd be almost assured that that would be a, a tick mark. So I would ask those three questions. One, what is inbound marketing? Two, what is the relationship involving online text between the reader and the writer? And three, do you have any reviews I can read? Fantastic advice. I'll, um, I'll make sure I um, try to notarize those and put them in the post when we go live because inevitably people will be listening to this when they're running, driving, walking or whatever it is and not near a pen and pencil. So I'll try to add them to the post notes for us. Sure. So looking forward a little bit now, is there something you can see changing? Is there an area where you think copywriting is going to change even more? I mean, we spoke about what's hot right now, but where do you see copywriting going in the next two to three years? Some people might feel I'm I'm harping on this, but I really think there's going to be more focus on inbound marketing and less focus on outbound marketing because people are getting, they know that there's a lot of choice out there. They want to 
research and find out what's going on before they buy. Of course, there are certain areas, there are certain industries where outbound marketing works better. But for the vast majority of industries, I think um, inbound marketing is very important now and will continue to become even more important. So that would, that would be my answer. More and more focus on inbound marketing in the next one to two years. So if you don't have an inbound marketing strategy, you are losing potential clients or customers. Fantastic. I'm curious, do you have a um, an ad campaign or a brand at the moment that you think is absolutely nailing their copywriting that that you know, listeners could go and check out? The, the way of advertising yourself and marketing yourself, I think uh, very, very important uh, are blogs at the moment because blogs are a great, a great way to set yourself up as the expert at the top of the mountain and that people can sort of see, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. It gives you a sort of authenticity. It gives you a kind of credibility that people are going to respond to. So... Um, if people are really interested in uh, finding out about how advertising and marketing are working at the moment, I would look around at some different blogs and and uh, see how the message is projected in that way. I think that's more effective than listening to a radio advertisement or a TV advertisement at the moment. Sure thing. And um, is there something that in your mind at the moment that you're working towards, like a, a truth that you think or you're believing at the moment, but you find that almost nobody agrees with you on? Is there something that you've got a crazy <laughs> idea and, and no one agrees with you yet? One thing I think that I found uh, nobody agrees with me on is that age is an advantage in copywriting. Interesting. I am by no means the youngest, the youngest copywriter out there. And a lot of people think, well, in order to understand uh, the digital world, you need to be young. Now, Certainly, if you're younger, you've been around it all your life, whereas a person that's older may not have been. But when it comes to writing content, having a wider experience, having a, a, a deeper perspective, if you've traveled overseas, if you have you know life experiences that you can draw on, you'd be surprised how many copywriters out there use lists and templates in order to create copy. I never use a list of words or a, or a template because I want to make something unique, tailor-made for the client or customer that I have. I don't want to try and put a round peg into a square hole or manufacture something that's not ideally for them based on some kind of template. So because I have, uh, because I'm a little bit older maybe, I have a, a wider experience, maybe a wider perspective than people that are younger than me. And I think that is really, really helpful when it comes to writing for making connections with people because uh, they, they click together. More experience, wider perspective gives you, I think, a better chance to create a connection that actually bonds with people. Well, I've got to say, I, I've got to agree with you, Murray. I think um, the, the older I get, and I like to, maybe the same as you, I like to think more and more that experience gives you that ability to create long-lasting campaigns and ideas and strategies, whereas, you know, I call them the new kids on the block turn up. They've got a couple of tricks, a couple of, you know, techniques, templates, lists as you put them. Yeah. And, yeah, they might work now in yeah. the current format of Instagram and the way it's going, but actually what you haven't learned is the essence of the art form. And that comes later with experience. So It flies high for six months maybe and then that's a trend that sort of is not so popular anymore and people go with the next trend. And trends are important to keep up with, don't get me wrong. But copywriting at its essence is, look at the second part of the word, writing. You have to have an understanding of writing. You need to understand that 
in order for writing to really have any power at all, you need to create a relationship between of the words between the person that's writing and the person that's reading. And that will never change, no matter what kind of writing it is. So true. So if you, if, if you don't understand about how to create relationships with writing and you don't have the experience to do that, then your writing will never reach the marks that it should. Fantastic advice. So last question for you, Murray, before we start to wrap up. Paint a scenario in your mind where you've gone to a cafe, um, you've met a young founder, she's looking for a little bit of advice and, and you can leave her with one short, succinct bit of advice that's going to help her as a founder improve her copywriting for her business. What's that advice that you're going to give her to take away that's going to make the biggest difference to her business? The thing that I would start off by saying is that personally, I love writing. I'm passionate about making people feel something with the content that I'm writing. So so that's what I'd start with. And then I'd look at, the, look at that person and ask them a question. Do you have a passion for writing? It's very, very time consuming. There's rejection involved. In other words, you try to write something and it doesn't measure up. You know, from my perspective, if I write for a client, they might, they may not necessarily like it the first time, or you you send in a proposal and they and they may potentially go with someone else. Every copywriter in the world has experienced time-consuming things where your your brain goes numb. Every copywriter in the world has been rejected at some stage with a client uh, with uh, choosing someone else. So, do you have the fortitude? Do you have the resilience? Do you have the discipline? Do you have the self-empowerment to, to, to focus on this area? Or is it better to put your energy somewhere else? So if they feel that, that yes, they, they can meet all of those requirements as far as a copywriter goes, then sure, go ahead and uh, potentially do the copywriting yourself. But if you know in your own heart that you don't meet those things, even if there's a cost involved, I would argue go with some other alternative than yourself because each person only has a limited amount of time in the day to do things and it would be more cost effective both from time and money if you were to delegate that to someone else if you didn't meet those those requirements that I was that I was telling that person about brilliant and, and, and a great segue to the last part which is Murray if someone's been listening to this and they think to themselves maybe I'm not passionate about copywriting maybe I don't want to face rejection maybe I don't want people criticizing my writing I'd much rather have Murray face that criticism for me right, what's right. the best way for them to find you Okay, well, um, they can send me an email at info at thecreativewriter.com.au. They can check out my website where I have currently, I think it's 27 blogs about compelling copywriting and also uh, writer's workshop. They can also call me. uh, My mobile is 0400-328-187. So whichever way they prefer to get in contact with me, any, any way is okay, and I will respond to them. If, if it's by email or uh, through my website, I will respond to them as quickly as possible. Fantastic. Thank you so much for the tips. I'm really looking forward to pointing out people's intimidating block content now, now that I've got that phrase. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your insights. And um, thank you for being on the show. I've really enjoyed being here, Jared. Thank you for inviting me. And I really honestly hope that the information that I've given out today will, will be helpful to the people that are listening. It absolutely has been. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks very much, Jared. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that will really help your business. 
As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn, following me on social media, or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to speaking with you next week.